Hello, stoned apes and others who are curious about the healing powers of psychedelic medicines. Welcome to the Stoned Ape Reports. I'm your host, Stuart Preston. Each episode, I talk to another stoned ape, somebody who has experienced the transformational powers of psychedelics, or with a practitioner who works with these medicines. In this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Jessica. She shared her experience with her deep depression, suicidal thoughts, and her transformation, including her current advocacy for entheogens. Please enjoy this episode with Jess. All right, Jessica, well, thank you so much for joining me here on the Stone Day Reports. Um, real pleasure to talk to you. Um, oh, for sure. Let's, let's, yeah, thanks. We want to get the word out there. So why don't we just start right, right at the top and tell me a little bit about your, your story of transformation and, and what kind of you were going through in life and how you came to psychedelics and, and kind of how they helped you. Uh, awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm going to say it was probably, well, I guess my, my first real experience with psychedelics, I must have been uh, 18, was mostly recreational. And uh, at the time, they were fairly, fairly rare to come across. So, you know, my experiences yeah. were, you know, not very deep. And, and you know, whenever they're around, uh, you know, a couple friends would party with them or whatever. <clears throat> um, uh, probably when I was 24, just turned, I actually just turned 25, uh, my best friend Jess, also Jess, um, decided she wanted to give me a handful of mushrooms for my birthday, so I took a bunch, sure. and uh, yeah, again, expecting it to be a recreational thing, and uh, right. my set and setting was irresponsible, to say the least, um, so I ended up going home, and it was a, uh, a wild four or five hour ride of essentially being sat down. Like it's you telling yourself to sit down and be like, okay, here's how you're messing up. <laughs> this, is, this is all the bullet points of how you're screwing your, your, your own stuff up and you're basically, uh, this, you're going to fix this. Um, it was almost jarring because I had never, mm. yeah, I'd never seen any, any deep kind of message. I've always seen, you know, the pretty colors, the giggles, and that was it. Uh, right. And that was the first time I realized this is not a game. Um, it can be fun. You can you can, you can still enjoy the places you know that it can take you and that are colorful and giggly and whatever. But um, it's really not about that. <clears throat> you can get so much more out of that. Uh, right. So yeah. So that experience um, was difficult, but I mean, probably one of the most rewarding ones of my life. Uh, so again, these are pretty rare to come by. I was just after that that trip I just mentioned. There was. Uh, a relationship I had just I had gotten into it was really really great in the beginning and had a lot of great elements to it but it was rather toxic uh and I I was just in a situation where I couldn't get out because we basically owned the business together and there was uh, a lot of emotional abuse and I slipped into like a pretty serious depression um I'll call it suicidal, but I had no actual plan. I was just totally fine with not waking up any particular day. Um, yeah, you were down enough that you were like, it'd be okay if this ended, but you hadn't planned it yet. Right, right. Um, yeah. And it wasn't necessarily like a sadness, but just nothing. It was just an emptiness yeah. and uh, just despair. Like, like I, I almost feel like sadness would have, would have been more, uh, just easier to deal with, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I was kind of lost and I didn't know what else to do because I tried 
several antidepressants, and some of them just made me manic, and some of them just didn't work and made me not myself. And uh, I just didn't know where else to turn. And I happened to run across a um, a first or second stage clinical trial uh, uh, paper that was that was in Johns Hopkins University that was uh, yeah. that was with people with treatment resistant depression. Um, that had tried, you know, however many things and it hadn't worked. And a good portion of these people, um, after a protocol of something like uh, two weeks with a therapist and then a dose and then two weeks with a therapist and a dose and the third week, you know, uh, the third set of two weeks and then, you know, uh, a dose and an integration. So it was like two to three doses these people got and like the vast majority of them saw relief, which lasted on wow. average something like four to six months. And I was like, wait, hold on. Right. Because, you know, it wasn't like super alien substance to me. It wasn't something totally new. Um, it was it was kind of like someone uh, showing you there's a whole new door in your house you never knew about. You're like, wait, I've been here. Mm. I didn't know about that. That was, that was weird. Um, and, you know, at this point, I'm willing to try whatever. <laughs> I was like, you know, what's the worst that can happen? So uh, got my hands on some. And uh, took a trip, and I don't—I couldn't even tell you anything specific about this trip. Um, but it was, you know, nice experience, I guess. But nothing too notable. I do know that at the time I was pretty diligent about journaling and journaling how many hours I slept and how, uh, particularly how. Sorry, uh, the the audio is a little a little muddled there. You were feeling what? Um, I said no at the time. I was at the time when this was happening. Um, I was pretty good about journaling, so. Okay, journaling. Yeah, yeah. I kept really good, um, just really good records pretty much of, of how much I ate and how much I slept and particularly where my moods were so I could relay that to a doctor because one of the greatest things about depression is, you know, you, your memory sucks. And I mean, greatest clearly yeah. sucks. Yeah, your memory is terrible. So, like, I, I knew I, was, I couldn't trust myself to have an accurate representation of what was really going on. So, you know, I would write down on a scale of 1 to 10 how – depressed I was feeling in a particular day and probably most days I was looking at like an eight or a nine nothing you know like without anything super substantial happening uh and that was just I after so I took this trip and afterwards um the very next morning actually it was like like a veil had been lifted I don't even know how to describe it it was uh I felt light and I felt things. That's really what was important to me. I felt something. Like, I went from, a, like, eight or nine any given day to a steady four for 41 straight mm. days. Like, and it wasn't, like, it was artificial or um, didn't feel like I was, it didn't feel like it was drug-induced. It just felt like it right. gave me a certain level of clarity that I couldn't achieve. I couldn't, I couldn't tap into no matter what I did, no matter how much meditation I tried, um, no matter what meds I had taken up until the time. So that to me, uh, and then I didn't really slip back into this depression for 41 days. I just went back to being a normally fluctuating human being uh, where, you know, I had right. happy points, my low points, but I was just baffled as to why that had worked. Like, just that, that one trip. Yeah, just, just the one. Yeah. Um, and I, I was just floored. Um, and I didn't know... I just need to know more. I have this insatiable hunger to learn things in general, um, like no matter what it is, but this was like, 
it was like the best magic trick I'd ever seen. <laughs> and and uh, yeah. so I had to know, you know, the, the signs of how it worked and why it worked and show me all the studies. And like, you know, I just took this really deep dive into, you know, all that. And then, you know, the next step was like, wait, I have to tell everyone, like everyone that will listen um, pretty much has gotten the speech from me about <laughs> the benefits of psilocybin, the benefits of, uh, of psychedelics in general and the studies that, and I mean, I, I keep like diagrams from studies and stuff like on my phone, which right. is, uh, I'm always like that weirdo ready to whip them out and ready to have facts. And, um, and that, that's if fine. If anybody and, asks, you're, you're ready to go here. Look at this. All, all day, all day. And, uh, yeah. Nice. You know, some people reach out to me and I just had somebody ask me if I knew anything about microdosing for uh, microdosing psilocybin during pregnancy. And like, I have a whole group of people like, I, I trust that are pretty well versed, I'm going to say, and that's to say the least. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I try to get their opinions or whatever if we don't happen to see studies and then point people in directions where they can get answers. Like, I'm not going to have all the answers, but I do think that they're, uh, that everyone's really entitled to whatever answers are out there. So if I can't help, I, I try to push them in, in the right direction and see if they can get some, uh, some better, some education you know, elsewhere. But, you know, it's, it's just incredible that no matter how many, you know, psychedelic science conferences you go to or how many um, researchers I, I talk to or, you know, how many things I can read, there's always something new. There's always something that yeah. we just weren't aware of. That we were really just pushing off to the side because of a prohibition law um right so uh yeah that 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 fact also made me a bit a bit weary because like i said mushrooms at the time were pretty rare to come by um i called them the unicorn right. of the world uh because especially living in jersey um we we have we pay a lot for them when they come around and plenty of people i know most people have been scammed at least once uh so that was terrifying to me uh because I, mm -hmm. I i just you know, seen the light for lack of a better term. And what happens if I fall back into a depression? What happens if one of my friends needs this? Um, what happens if there's someone else right. there? I can help, but we can't find them. Um, so me being the DIY person that I was, you know, that I am, uh, I dove into probably a couple thousand hours worth of research uh, online into cultivation and, and what I could do. Um, and I probably, so I do have a bit of OCD and I, I don't say that like everyone's like, Oh, I want to straighten this picture frame. That's OCD. No, I, I right. can spend entirely too many, like a debilitating amount of hours researching one, one subject. But um, uh, Yeah. Essentially what I did and I learned uh, to cultivate because I figured, you know, if I don't have some kind of supply, uh, even, you know, backup, I don't need pounds of anything. Um, like I just, it was like a safety net. Um, but that being said, I yeah. don't trip that often. I don't feel the need to. Um, and I do think there's a, there is too much. Like you can do too much. I know there's plenty of people out there that say what is, uh, what is the right amount for you, if you don't mind me asking? No, definitely not at all. Um, I'm going to say on average, maybe some years I do it once, some days, some years I do it up to four times, so like every three months would be like the most. Um, but some mm -hmm. I've gone years without doing it all. And usually the dosage can range from two grams uh, for a long time, actually. That's pretty much all I did was like two, two and a half. Um, mm -hmm. Recently, have I, have I done, like, I did like four grams, but it was like two separate species. Um, they have mm. a bit of a different feel. 
but it was like two grams of each, so I did four grams altogether. I don't feel the need to take, like when I first started taking shrimp, I was just like, give me all of them. I'll just eat whatever you have. Uh, I feel like once you have that one trip as deep and you know tells you to sit your butt down and listen, I think you have, you're a bit more cautious with dosing. Um, yeah, recklessly or so freely. Um, although you you know there there it's got its place, but it's it's not not an experience I'd wish to replicate. Um, so yeah, I, I was you know I got plenty of information from plenty of trips that didn't have to be high dose, but um, yeah, I don't feel the need to trip back to back to back. I I've done it but I don't feel that there's a huge benefit in yeah. choosing. Yeah. There's a lot of times, there's a lot of things you have to process after a, you know, after a trip, let your brain kind of go and, and go over all the information that you came across that you, that you revealed and, and, you know, bite it into chunks yeah. and actually process what that means. And that's, you know, that's the integration part. That's really what matters. Um, I think sometimes people tend to dive back in and I almost see it as an escape. And I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to get a whole lot out of that. And even if they didn't get what they thought they were going to out of the experience, I think that, and I, I've done the same thing where I was like, man, I should just trip again because it's not where I wanted to be. Um, and there's some validity to that, but at the same time, uh, maybe I got what exactly what I needed at the time. Yeah. And I need to accept that that's what I got. Maybe I need to go back and mull it over and see why that's what I got. You know, why did I get that? Yeah. Um, it could just be that you're just choosing to skip over something mentally that you should be giving more attention to. Um, it's not, I think a lot of times, especially experienced psychonauts have this tendency to want more control over their experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a natural reaction, but I think you're right. Sometimes it's, you don't even know what lesson you learned until you give yourself time to integrate and, and feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it happens like I practice yoga and it happens with yogis a lot of times where they'll, they'll go to a class that they, they perceive to be, let's say, you know, an intermediate or an advanced class and they show up and there's a substitute teacher and this teacher's doing basics. And it's almost like they don't try because the guy brought it back to basics. Um, and I think that's just, you're losing a lot of the experience because sometimes you need to bring your ass back to basics. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I'm actually a, a believer in anything like, you know, anything predetermined or any, fate or destiny or anything but sometimes you just have to see what's in front of you take it for what it is we can all use um a bit of grounding sometimes it may be less than we wanted or not what we wanted exactly to experience but it is what it is and uh the being in the moment thing accepting that sort of thing it definitely comes from just my experience with psychedelics and you know, wanting to hold the reins and you know psilocybin particularly telling me nope like <laughs> you're not in charge here um, <laughs> right sometimes we need to be told like you suck at this game shut up like you, you haven't been doing a good job which is why you're here to begin with just shut up and listen um and we, exactly. we tend to get a, yeah we tend to get a bit egotistical about just everything and it's it's funny it's kind of like you go to a therapist do some of us go there with something in mind that we wish to hear back yes but th is that what you're supposed to do no <laughs> like right you just so yeah just just accept it openly um, and I think psychedelics are that therapist that doesn't care what you think and just uh, mm -hmm. hands to you straight. And I think that's a lot of times what we need, um, even if it is harsh, even if it is things you don't know how to handle or you didn't want to know. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes you get that lesson. I mean, you're not even not even sure that was the lesson you wanted. <laughs> or you're pretty sure it wasn't. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah good I, point. I've, yeah. I have a couple of friends that, that experienced that sort of thing on ayahuasca. Um, where they were like, I mean, these are great people. Like they are genuinely good people. Everyone has their dark side, but, uh, or, you know, there's flaws, their shortcomings, but these are genuinely good people. <laughs> Particularly my one friend went to Peru and came back and he's like, I am a crabby person. <laughs> and I was like, no, you're not. He's yeah. like, no, but like, I know me. And there's things that I like, you know, the way you treat people around you, you don't mean to, or you take it for granted. And uh, sometimes we need to hear that. Because we may be maybe good people, but there are places that maybe we're not looking at our lives that could use a bit of adjustment, could use a bit of uh, fine tuning that would really result yeah. in better happiness for everybody around, including yourself. But yeah, it's it's something like I said. Sometimes it's better to take it back to basics than just take the answer you got and not wish for whatever answer you wanted. Right. Yeah. I, I sometimes those are the best ones. You're like, hey, here's my intention, and then the medicine is like, not yet. <laughs> You know, um, yeah, I've got, yeah. I got something else for you. Uh, I've, I've had trips where that was my experience where literally like I was, uh, you know, taken by the hand and they were like, nope, not that door, this one. Or like, yep. nope, you're not ready for that yet. You think you are, but nope. Um, yeah. Let's do that. We do that in life. We, you know, where you're a teenager, yep. you're like, I'm this old. I can do what I want. And now you look back and you're like, oh, you were so stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like you knew nothing and no, you were, you know, they were, you were incorrect to want that thing. And like sometimes you're incorrect to want the things that we want. And yeah. it takes a bit of shutting your ego up um, for you to get there. Um, I, I just yeah. think it's so valuable that it's a medicine that depends on your intention. Like imagine any other medicine worked that way. <laughs> like any other medicine that's that's just wild to me like if you had to sit there and wish for your insulin to work or you know right. take, for your, for, you know what I mean to have an intention before you take your insulin pill like it's just crazy to me that you can take this experience that I have taken for granted uh, in the past and make it this super laughy rainbowy experience that's you know freely and whatever and um, with that same substance really have like this transformative um, life experience it really is I'm not going to say impossible to replicate with anything else, but damn, damn near impossible. Um, extremely difficult to replicate with anything else. And yeah. It's just so valuable that people actually understand um, that, you know, it, it, nothing's a magic pill for everyone, for everyone, but this has such immeasurable value to so many people that it would genuinely change so many lives. And um, yeah, yeah I, I just, I'm, I'm glad that I'm no longer just the girl that rants about the mushrooms. Now I have the science to back up the girl to back up, you know, up my crazy right. ball rantings. But it's um, yeah, it's something I'm never going to stop preaching. It's just is what it is. Like it, this is just wild to me that something we've known about for so long um, just has been so undervalued, even by even by the people that did appreciate them. Right. What What would you say is the the key to a to having a, a transformational experience? with these medicines um understand what you're getting into and i, I know it's also it's, that being said it's kind of impossible to again have expectations for your experience but you do need to understand what can happen um you know you mm -hmm. may be like i said you may be faced with things you don't want to see like what are you going to do in that in that instance um so have some sort of an actual game plan for um, you know, what happens if you experience or it's overwhelming? Um, if you can, if you can manage to get a well-experienced, you know, uh, a, a sitter, a facilitator, mm -hmm. um, I think it's not, I'm not going to say it's absolutely necessary, but, um, 
it makes a giant difference to have someone there where either during the experience or directly after um you can have them take the reins and just you know what i mean like yeah. little, i you know i don't know what to do right now or i'm having these thoughts you know a lot of those have ruminating thoughts and where um oh we're we're deep in the middle of a, of a trip and sometimes it's not good to sit there and ruminate about something negative if you don't something something you're going to work out you know what i mean it's not a problem you're trying to solve just something yeah. negative, like not leaving you um it's good to have that outside like grounding from someone that has both been in your experience but is now sober and can <laughs> like hold your hand and tell you that you're fine uh right I think, yeah yeah or knows even knows what to do if if you know no so you, you start yelling screaming crying whatever um i i'm a firm believer you shouldn't be a, the person should be sober um as much as i appreciate the shamanic experience of them having some you know dipping a toe into the experience while they take other people through it i'm not a shaman nor is almost everyone else i know um and i think that it's a lot more reassuring to be sober and know that you your, your facilitators have been there as opposed to knowing that your facilitators there now and may also freak out. So, right. Um, right. Yeah. That's, that's super important. Um, so just have a plan of, you know, like where you want to go with this, what you, what your options are, maybe not a super rigid plan. You, know, you might get into your trip and not want to do certain things or, you know, not feel comfortable doing certain things and that's okay. Um, but writing down what questions you have to kind of, dig into when you're when you're in your experience what questions you want to be able to answer afterwards um you know how is this experience how am i going to integrate this how am i going to make this into usable information that i can take and you know change the way i'm treating people change the way i'm acting change this about my life or my ambition or my direction uh right okay and reminding yourself what, like, uh, put, it in, put it in a journal kind of thing you need to see it afterwards yeah yeah i like the idea of writing questions down that maybe you want answered during but also to have some questions ready for afterwards to really help you pull out of that and go into the integration phase yeah yeah um i used to i just wasn't familiar but i did somewhat undervalue um art as integration afterwards until i did an experience mm. uh yeah i went to a a breath or a breath work workshop um right and my friend kyle who said and it was wonderful but i was very i went to this workshop and a few months about a year prior i had uh smoked some dmt um and my experience was black and white and it was jarring to me because i had never i smoked the same batch as a, a friend of mine and he had this beautiful colorful deep experience and i had a wormhole or a tunnel of like what would have been color but was just black and white and to me that was like baffling sure. so someone told me it might be something that you're blocking it might just be a mental block and i was like yeah yeah whatever so um i didn't trip for about a year i just didn't i was like i don't know if i want to do that again maybe it was you know maybe it was the batch maybe it was me wherever so i just had to do it again and it was once again black and white so sure. very frustrating <laughs> weirded out yeah so breathwork workshop and um i was very uh i just didn't know what to expect which is you know good in a lot of ways so we're right. lying down and we're breathing 
and I just felt blocked. Like, uh, I'm doing the thing and it's not getting me anywhere. And, you know, Kyle comes over and they tend to do some, some um, body work sometimes. Sometimes you, you physically hold emotion, um, you know, knots and in, in whatever in your musculature. So he comes up and he's right. like, hey, you feel blocked. And I had this, it was just a frustrating experience. And I felt like I could see the benefit of it. But the whole workshop I spent like mad at myself almost. And I couldn't get to where I wanted to get. Uh, and yeah, so we get done and they just, they, everyone should be quiet. And they hand out a bunch of uh, markers and pencils or whatever and colored pencils. And they tell you to draw. Now, I'm not an artist. Um, but I was like, whatever, man. Cool. And again, I'm frustrated and I'm like just letting the pens go and, and whatever. So I draw this like tree and the ground and like this root system thing. Um, it's very simplistic, you know, almost like you're sl like a slice out of the ground and you're looking at it uh, from the side. So this meant nothing to me, like zero. Uh, and I was again, just frustrated with the experience because I, I think it was more frustrating that I could see the benefit that I saw everyone around me was, was having and that I was like almost, I felt like it was right there and I couldn't get there. Um, and I go home and I really thought about it. Uh, and I remember, oh, I was testing. So I took some DMT. I, again, I'm a DIY person, so I'm kind of a, kind of a little experimental and I took some DMT and put, them, put it into a, a vape cartridge. Um, and do a okay, a big yeah, cartridge. like a car, yeah, like a cartridge yep. you would put on like a pen. So, um, I go test it myself and I took pretty much two hits, um, like far less than the usual, uh, you know, 50 milligrams that it would normally take to send someone on, you know, blast off. Uh, but it was like instantaneously this like, super, super wildly colorful, wildly, uh, deep experience where I felt like uh, I'd seen this image before in a trip, who knows when, probably a psilocybin trip, uh, where I'm underground and there's like a tree growing from me and it almost looks like I'm watching like whatever life force, blood, fluid, whatever, going from me into the tree and out of the ground, makes sense. So, uh, it just took me back to this, like, like it, con it connected these two, I guess, experiences. And I realized, like, I'm being my own block. Like, I'm the ground, I'm underground, and I'm, I'm, I'm stopping myself from getting to where I need to go. And I'm doing it just by hmm. getting in my own, I'm just getting in my own way. Like, the frustration that I'm not getting where I need to be is stopping from getting where I need to be. Does that make sense? It just felt like I had all this room to grow. And, only thing stopping me was just this thing round that I was putting in myself. Right. Um, and I came back and it was almost like a, just this revelatory trip where uh, I just understood that I was just being, yeah, like, like being reactive to me not getting to where I needed to go, where I wanted to go was what was stopping me. Like sometimes you've got, you just got to let it happen. You gotta have a crappy yoga day or a day where your body doesn't work correctly, so that you can, like, you just accept it for what it is. Because sometimes, if every day was great or everything worked exactly the way you wanted to, that, that would, by comparison, nothing it just wouldn't make sense. Like, you wouldn't appreciate the opposite either. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was. 
it's, it's, it's been a frustrating, but in a very, very educational way, uh, ride. Um, yeah. And just valuable beyond words, really, in my experience. Yeah, that's what happened. That's interesting. I never really thought about even adding the art into it. That maybe that's something I'll have to try. Yeah, I was super, like, whatever about it. I'm telling you, like, I mean, I'll give it a chance, but, like, to me, it was whatever. And it just hit me. And I yeah. was like, wow, that was just weird. Um, and I've heard since, you know, I've done, done quite a few, uh, like, sit-downs with a bunch of friends that have done breath work and, and other experiences, and they were like, yeah, that, that's, like, totally if I, um, it's, it's, yeah. it's just, yeah, it's a lot deeper than you, than you sometimes expect or than you want it to be, like, like I said, but it's, it's, that there's a lot of value to that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. What, uh, how are you, I know you're very open about all this. Have you run into any stigma from talking about this or do you share this with your, your friends and your family, your parents? Um, how is it in terms of um, communicating your transformational experiences with the people around you? How's, how's that been for you? Um, so I think a couple of years ago was a bit different than it is now. Um, there were definitely people that would give me this look like, are you like really yeah. telling me to do, do, do drugs right now? And I'm like, say perhaps the drugs though, because <laughs> not all drugs are bad. Um, or, you know, right. I'm not even going to say, you know, I take that back. No drugs are bad. It's misuse of drugs, uneducated use of drugs. Yeah. I'm, and I say that because, you know, um, his name's Carl, Professor Carl Hart, who's um, probably one of the most educated people in drug policy and, and, um, and the like. And he just, he, uh, he pointed something out and we tend to be a bit biased, obviously for like psychedelic like, exclusivity yes. where, you know, these are the only good drugs. And you know what? Yeah. Maybe nobody's opening up a center where cocaine helps people, but that's not to say that it doesn't for some people. <laughs> that's, right. um, that's not to say that other things don't because I know I have, I've, definitely interacted with people that do what we would consider very hard drugs on a very recreational basis. And they just don't have the same addictive capacity as some of the, you know, the rest of us do. Um, and they just don't have the same negative experience, but you're going to hear about the negative ones. So, um, yeah, but yeah, so I, I did feel a big, a big stigma stigmatized in the beginning when, um, you know, they just kind of looked at me like this, this chick is just pushing drugs. Um, but uh, as as time progressed and I learned how to probably facilitate experiences and I started helping friends and helping people who are close. And these people were, I mean, genuinely like, transformed in a matter of a few hours. They realized things that they just could not have seen otherwise. Um, you know, I can tell you everything in the world, you know, whatever fact. And like, until you see certain things, you experience it for yourself, you just don't grasp what people are saying. Um, or you just don't see it that way. And uh, like I always say, you know, it, it's you sitting yourself down and telling you facts is way different than someone else doing it. Right. Uh, so yeah, yeah. And people, I think, people that had never experienced psychedelics were very like sketched out by it. People that had sometimes were like, yeah, okay. Like I had just done recreationally. So you're telling me this thing that I used to like go giggle with my friends is helping people medically. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. I got a lot of pushback that was like, yeah, you guys are just mm. legalized whatever drugs, you know, cause, cause cannabis has been legalized in a lot of states. And, um, and by the way, I do think all, all drugs are decriminalized, like all of them, all of them. It's absolutely yeah. wasted money. Um, 
but as time has come along and, and thanks to uh, places like you know Johns Hopkins and places like uh, Ursona and like the institutes that are doing this work the um, uh, Imperial College of London like these are places that are doing <laughs> measurably valuable work um, and putting out study after study after study uh, with just great results um, and results that can be scientifically you know replicated and and this is what matters like i'm like i said I'm, I'm a science person so if you can show me facts if you can show me you know studies and, and doctors and people that know what they're talking about um you know that's what matters to me so again i'm the weirdo that walks around with all this stuff on my phone so um <laughs> as the years have gone down along and i got more research to pull out of my phone like a weirdo um people are just like wait what um and it's funny you brought up the parent thing because for a long time uh I did not tell my parents. Um, one, the that is the first experience that I, I mentioned where it was like jarring. Um, at the time, I would have called that a bad trip. And uh, what I did not mention was I asked my mother, who was very anti-drugs at the time, to come and hang out with me because I was having such a really overwhelming experience. And she was like, oh my goodness, pretty much terrified at the time that I was going to go into some sort of, you know, psychotic state of whatever so she was being super gentle with me and I cannot thank her <laughs> more for that day but she had never brought it up never again and she just thought this girl learned her lesson she'll never do them again so <laughs> uh, about a year ago I was visiting my parents in Florida and my mother goes remember that time you took mushrooms she goes and she laughed and she was like ha I bet you never did that again and I turned around to her and I was like oh we should talk <laughs> so I explained you know why um, why I had done it again and what they had done for me. And then I whipped out my, my studies and whatnot and my uh, fMRI pictures and stuff. And she was like, you know, my mom is a nurse. Um, she was not at the time when, when I had this trip. And she like did not invalidate anything I said, which was wild to me. She was like, wow, that that's really science. And, you know, since that has happened many, many more times, you know, the, the main mainstream media has picked up on some of these, uh, some of these things and they've they put them out there. Um, so they've become more acceptable, um, more, right. less taboo. And uh, they are very knowing what I do and they're, they know that I'm very outspoken about it and I wouldn't be here. Like I am a firm believer that I would not be here if it wasn't for so alive. And there was, I just, I would have found a way to not wake up um i didn't care yeah. yeah you were going you were in a dark place that's yeah that's huge yeah, yeah. That's i don't huge. think it's a one dose for thing one dose or thing for everyone i do think that it should be combined with therapy and integration and i do think that some people yeah. require more than one dose um you know over time uh, or you know booster doses as time goes along uh, my best friend and i were just talking about that boost some people you know she said every about six months eight months for her i can go over I can go a year or two and be fine. Um, other times, I feel like there's things I still have to tease out about certain situations in my head and I can figure out, so I can go back. Um, but it's different for everyone. And um, it's not for everyone, too. That's another thing. Um, someone was just essentially starting an argument that, you know, we can get rid of all modern medicine um, in psychiatry because all of these things can be reverted to plant medicine. Listen, as much as I value plant medicine beyond words i don't think there is or can be a 
full replacement for all psychiatric medication. I mean, there's not everything can be treated with plant medicine. You cannot. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, you know, maybe you can find someone that has pretty advanced schizophrenia, pretty um, symptomatic schizophrenia, and give them psychedelic and help them. But I'm going to bet that that's probably not going to be the case. Um, and someone that's not medicated with something that's prescribed. Um, yeah, I heard a guy last night at our, our uh, Thank You Plant Medicine, he said, you know, pharmaceuticals are all bad. And I just thought, no, there, there's not. some people who are alive today because of those. So we shouldn't, Absolutely. like you said, we, sh- we shouldn't uh, stigmatize all drugs. We also should not stigmatize all pharmaceuticals. Thank you. And some people just need it. Like, yeah. I'm so sorry, but if that wasn't the case, then we wouldn't need antibiotics. We wouldn't need a lot of, you know what I mean? Like, that's not, it's just not the case. Yep. They can coexist. It's not one or the other. Um, yep. In fact, in fact, I think it should be a balance. Um, we wouldn't have made it this far to where our life expectancy is past 35 if it wasn't for modern medicine. I don't care what anyone says. Um, yeah. You can eat organic all day. You're still going to die at 33 or whatever. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think there's, there's a place for both of them and they can both be appreciated. And sometimes, you know, it's not even the person. It's the stage of life. Maybe in that stage of life, you're not ready for the plant medicine experience. Right. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, even psilocybin being um, used medically, like medicinally. I, I do think that there's, it is frustrating that people want to isolate it or um, synthesize it because you do take away some of the alkaloids that aren't just psilocybin. Um, but that being said, there are plenty of people that will not touch things unless they are medicinally given to you by a doctor, basically. Um, so I don't want them to look at me or to look at that medicine like they used to look at me 10 years ago or eight years ago when I was peddling my mushroom information, <laughs> um, like whatever it be. Like I want them to value it, to validate it, to see it as true, right? like medical treatment, um, because it is, so there, there is value to that. Um, you know, you may not get the full, or the most full experience that you could have gotten, you know, otherwise. Um, yeah. With a, you know, with, with the actual mushroom body, but at the same time, like, you know, that's cool for some people. Some people maybe wouldn't be able to handle the ride. Uh, right. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm very much of the, uh, of the school that uh, Hamilton Morris is of, where he's like, I don't, dr- I don't judge other people's drug use. Um, there's a place for it all. Uh, they should be more mad about yeah. Big Pharma taking advantage of people and not the fact that Big Pharma has to exist. Like, they have to exist. Uh, yeah, we got to get people to a place where they are happy and fulfilled and healthy. That, that should be the focus. Right, right. Um, where it's not yeah. about people, just like, I mean, profit over everything, let's get real, isn't capitalism anyway. So, I don't know what this is, but it's, it's not. So, um, you know, we, we can... We can and should value everyone's happiness. Um, yes. And I just think that plant medicine brings a lot more people, uh, more people to that precipice. They, they really are more likely to also be more compassionate in years where normally you and I would not be so past the age of 30. Um, your character is usually pretty rigid unless you have a, uh, a, a mystical experience which, you know, or a psychedelic experience. Um, those are the only two recognized like pretty much a traumatic holy crap, I have to reevaluate my life experience. Um, and outside of real trauma, you know, death or, you know, you being injured or all kinds of, that's sort of, like, psychedelics are pretty much the only way you're going to get there. 
Um, uh, and I think that's, that's just, yeah. like, I want to scream that from the rooftops. How many people do you know, you know, they're, after, they're past 30 and they're like, well, I'm stuck in my ways. Like, no, you don't have to be an asshole forever. Like <laughs> there are ways around right. your rigid ways of thinking that maybe you could use a bit more, uh, a lighter touch or some compassion. Um, just a different viewpoint. Yeah. And I feel like, I, like psychedelics just open up your heart and they open up your, your acceptance of things, your acceptance of new things that maybe, again, com- comfortable or not, um, or just beautiful right. from an angle you didn't see before. And I think that that's a lot of what we need right now. There's a lot of division, a lot of polarity going on. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, something I came into later in life myself in my late 40s. So I know that there's definitely that tra- transformational power. Yeah, yeah. I think the actual, um, in studies, they used a a survey that uh, measures openness um, in particular. I think a, a couple of other... Right. Yeah, yeah. And that was the, you know, a couple of other categories they also tested for. But um, they surveyed. They, the openness was one was the one that, that not only saw the most um, people change, like, but they held out the most, like, the longest amount of time that change persisted. So it was like things they really implemented into their lives. Um, the way they were looking at things. The way yeah, they stuck with them. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's super. Yep, like, yep, think about how many times them. people want to start at the gym and they start 15 years in a row and never stick to it. Well, they stick to it when you're shown things from, or you're experiencing from a perspective that you're just not okay with, <laughs> and you can't right. keep living that right. way. So this is the exact same thing, but it's like a shortcut. Um, not short. I don't mean that in an easy way. I mean a shortcut, like a time-wise. Like here's your goal. Here's where you should be, as opposed to you trying to figure out what the goal is. Um, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 just super valuable. Like I said, there's recreational value to it, which I don't discredit, but I do think that if a lot more people took the care to really understand what's supposed to be happening, um, where they where they're supposed to be exploring, how they're supposed to be exploring questions in their in their experience, and then what you do afterwards. Like what do you do if you don't right know how to handle something or you don't like you know you don't know where to go with some information or what if you have a really what seems to you like a nonsensical trip like right i don't know that i believe in like you know dream divination or dream you know like kind of the same thing i feel like it's very subjective and people can kind of steer you in whatever direction um so it's you either need a person or you need to really dive in and do your own research and figure out you know uh where to find a support group um a forum online, whatever, uh, where they can help you. Right. I don't think it, I genuinely don't think it's something you can do on your own. Um, at least not fully. A lot will obviously be work that you do on your own, but like you need an outside perspective. Um, right. Yeah. Get help, get assistance. And I think, I think that point, Jess, it's a, it's a good stopping point. For sure. Yeah. That great information. And I can't tell you how thankful I am that you came on here and, and shared all that. And, and I'm so uh, happy for you that you found these medicines again in life and, and got yourself to a good point. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing all that. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you guys. That concludes this edition of the Stoned Ape Reports. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Stoned Ape Comedy and subscribe to our newsletter at www.stonedapecomedy.com. Again, thanks for listening and catch you next time, Stoned Apes. <laughs>